I've got a cool head. Ooh, and I've got the oh, the ultimate cold shoulder. It's the same one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Date Fight. Hello. It's the show that takes great moments from history and pitches them against each other. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have selected two historical tissues from the box of man-sized <laughs> evidence. And we'll be presenting it to you to blow your entertaining noses into. That's exquisite. I've got a cold. And welcome, because this is a, a new week and a new start for us here on Date Fight. And we've got a new system. Yes. Uh, of new format. C- combat and... Uh, bit of recrimination. So the idea is that you uh, are going to score Great. us across the week. We will put up online polls on Twitter and Facebook. You can vote for whoever you think won each day. And then at the end of the week... Yes, the polls close at Saturday lunchtime. If you haven't voted by then, it's too late. Your opinion is worse. Yes, I think so. And we will announce the winner at this time next week, i.e. on the, on the Sunday show. So... I'm going to have to gird my loins a bit and raise my game. There we go. And thrash the living daylights out of you as we begin. We've chosen, I think, the same thing for one of today's facts. Yeah. It's all down to this one, really. Let's go for round one. Round one! Let's go back to the 12th of January 1932, when Hattie Carraway is the first woman ever elected to the United States Senate for a full term. She became the first woman to ever to be elected for a full term. Um, there was a tradition sometimes of when legislators in America died, their wives would take their seats after a special election until the end of their term, but they always stood down at the end of it. But not Hattie Carraway. She filled in for her husband, uh, won a special election to take his seat, uh, because it was only sort of eight months, nine months uh, remaining in the in his term. So she was unopposed in that by other Democrats. But when she was offered the chance to preside over the Senate, she was the first woman to preside over the Senate, she said that she wouldn't be standing down in November, she would run for her husband's seat and be elected to a full term. And she was. She was the chair of the Senate Committee on Enrolled Bills, but in 1944 she lost her primary um, and was kicked out of the Senate um, as a result of that. But she was then given, appointed to jobs by Franklin Roosevelt and Harry Truman. That's Hattie Carraway, the first woman ever elected to serve a full term in the United States Senate. That's very impressive. Yeah, and I think it's very important, audi- listening audience, oh, that we have women involved. You can involved feel the tonal our... change, can't you? <laughs> Unbelievable. You're so mild-mannered, and then the minute there's some little, oh, look, you could put a ball in your jar or a sticker on your chart, suddenly, oh. <laughs> oh, I could put up a chart. Pathetic. It must yeah. be so easy parenting you. I'll check with my wife. <laughs> Come on, then. Okay, well, I'm, well, 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 well. Ooh. I've got the 12th of January, 1895. Yes. And in the United Kingdom, a new kind of business model for overcharging people for parking and cups of tea is enacted, namely the National Trust. Oh, the National Trust, yes. It was incorporated in 1895 as an association not-for-profit, which, I mean, I'll take their word for it. But it was set up with the purpose of, quote, promoting the permanent preservation for the benefit of the nation of lands and tenements, including buildings of beauty or historic interest, and as regards lands for the preservation, so far as practicable, of their natural aspect, features, and animal and plant life, and, 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 and. And so they began, mm. uh, founded by Octavia Hill. Yeah. 
Sir Robert Hunter and one of those great old school names, Hardwick Rawnsley. <laughs> Let's not ask what he got up to in his spare time. Yes. <laughs> I'm just imagining the bottom. I'm, I'm doing a study of the bottom shapes of the inferior orders. Yes, I'm. I got them to come into my study, pull down their trousers, and I have a good old look. Rawnsley. Hardwick Rawnsley. <laughs> I've isolated the criminal bottom. <laughs> uh, and I shall be studying that one. In depth. Very, very closely. Mm. Left lobe very heavy. <laughs> my dear, my dear Sir Robert, have a smell of that. <laughs> well, I'm glad he was involved. So the first the first property was Alfriston Clergy House. Yeah. Which is uh, a house for the clergy in Alfriston. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at it now, it looks like, it looks like the front of a, a box of chocolates. When did the English heritage start? Do we know? Because that must, I think, must have been a roughly similar time. But I think the the complaint that English heritage have about national trust is the same that um, people have about private private hospitals, as opposed to the NHS. In that the national trust goes around picking all of the sites which have a place where you could have a car park and a tea room, yeah, and things that don't have those, like stone circles or bits of Roman wall that are stuck to something, get left to the English Heritage to look after because they're not profitable. But all the ones that are potentially profitable are snapped up by the National Trust. Oh, classic. So this is sort of like yeah. uh, bus routes and uh, things like that. Yeah. Privatise yeah, privatise the ones that will give you a profit and then we'll pop yeah. up all the and other the, ones. The state will have to do the rest. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. What a clever hmm. idea. <laughs> well done, National Trust. Yes. So, yes, it was uh, founded a very similar time. Mm-hmm. It started in 1882. Okay. English Heritage. So this is three years later then. So they, did they see the English... Was it three years later? Four years later? It was... Uh, 1895 was the National Trust. 1882. Okay, so... But, but it sort of took a while to get off the blocks. They saw the other one went, well, that's a good idea. We should do that for... Not for profit, but just... I don't want the state to get its hand on all this stuff. But English Heritage has got Stonehenge, so... Do you It does have Stonehenge, that's right. Do you know what I mean? Like, got Stonehenge. Like National Trust could be like, we have over 8,000... Blah, blah. we got Stonehenge, Not got mate. Stonehenge, though, have you? we got Stonehenge. Have you got Stonehenge? Well, then. Have you got any henges? No. How many henges have you got? <laughs> oh. How many henges have I got? One. Stone. The only henge. The best henge. They do have some water henges Have you ever well. been to Mud Henge? Have you been to Mud Henge? <laughs> have you been to Clay Henge? Have you been to Wood Henge? Have you been to Straw Henge? No. There's a reason. They are dry. <laughs> Best henge. Well, that's. I'd like to think there's a penge, a penge. 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 Is there a henge <laughs> and penge? If there's a henge underneath penge, someone should definitely try and find that out. Ah, oh, that would be the best thing. Did you ever. find out? Do you know what's under Stonehenge? Mega no. Stonehenge. Is it a spaceship. Mega Stonehenge is under Are you Stonehenge. Serious? There's a bigger really? one underneath it. Yeah. What? There's a super Stonehenge underneath Stonehenge. Have you been watching videos online, Nat? No. This is. You can't believe everything you see. <laughs> published by the Royal Archaeological Society. Could it be? You can't believe everything you read in the proceedings. The... <laughs> Could it be that an ancient civilization, blah, 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 who built the pyramids <laughs> were aliens from... Whatever. Penge. Penge. <laughs> Good. Do the birthdays. <laughs> Happy birthday to Peter Shriver, the Dutch writer whose name means Peter the Writer. Well done, you. <laughs> um, he wrote uh, Latin poetry that upset the Dutch government. Um, 
and the, when the, they find him 200 guilders and when the court officials came round to collect the 200 guilders he told them to go and take it out of the pots and pans he had in the kitchen when they got down to the pots and pans in the kitchen the wife sent him upstairs to take it from the books because the books had made his, mad, his mind mad enough to write such satirical poetry <laughs> uh, also happy birthday to tubby aero-nazi Herman Goering <laughs> And happy birthday to Mel C, the only of the Spice Girls with whom you might actually conceive of having a conversation which wasn't completely upsetting. I don't agree. I like Mel B. I think... uh, I used to like Mel B, but I think... Haven't they all gone mad now? Oh, yeah, I think... Sure. Continued exposure to uh, tabloid newspapers and their interest has made Mel B less interesting than she was in 1997. I did... I had to um, make uh, promos for a documentary about her. Uh, once years ago, like twenty years ago, oh. and she came across as great. Yeah. I really liked her. She's very self-aware and all right. She can come too. She's great. We'll have a drink. All four of us. Fine. Okay. We'll call yeah. them. When are we? When it was Friday? <laughs> are you around? I mean, we're saying this comedically as if they've got anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's at least a fifty-fifty chance that if you did ring their agents, we'd get a positive response and they'd be here on Friday. Yeah, we have a podcast reaching over thirty people a day. <laughs> Okay. Has your mum stopped listening then? <laughs> Happy death day to Benedict Biscop, who founded Jarrow Monastery, uh, where the Venerable Bede was. Happy death day too to Pierre Fermat, whose theorem sent boffins mad for years. Oh, the theorem, yes. Yeah, no one could get it until, well fairly recently. And also, haven't they disputed that now? Is it no, the proof that was thought to be a proof by Simon uh, Singh is listen, no longer a proof, I'm, I think? I'm, st- I'm still enjoying the Spice Girls chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fermat actually did the theorem. It's his death day today, so happy death day to him. And also happy death day to Morris Gibb, who's one of the Bee Gees who isn't Robin. That's all I know about him. Or Barry. <laughs> He's the other Bee Gee. Happy death day to him. Love the Bee Gees. Well done. You got the Spice Girls and the Bee Gees in. There's a massive concession to me. <laughs> I mean, it was mainly 17th century German dukes, so, you know. <laughs> Round two. I'm incredibly confident that I'm going to win this round, at least. Oh, yes. And don't forget, you can vote online uh, on the social media, on Twitter or on Facebook. Anyway, yes. we'll give you the details at the, at the end of the programme. I'm going to take you back to the 12th of January, 1967. Oh, what happened on that date, Jake? Yeah. Well, I think you know very well if the opening (laughs) teaser's anything to go by. Yep. Dr. James Bedford becomes the first person to be cryonically preserved. Yes, he does. With the intent of future resuscitation. They'd promised to preserve the first person for free, but he didn't want to be preserved free. He gave him $100,000 to cryonic research. Yes. Presumably, because that will help them bring him back. I mean, that's not entirely altruistic, is that's it? That's true. You want them to do quite a good job on it, I would have thought. Yeah. But they yeah. didn't. I mean... No. It seems like they treated him essentially like a piece of luggage for about 20 years. Absolutely dreadful. And the family had to store him themselves for a while in there. <laughs> In a garage. Yeah. But when they then took him back to a facility where he could be properly frozen, they had it checked to make sure he was still viable. That sounds awful to use about a human person. Mm. Um, But they checked and said, he doesn't seem to have suffered any outward thawing. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't... So essentially they peeked in through the mirror a bit and go, no, he looks all right. He's fine. Keep paying us money every year to keep him cold, please. That's amazing. I'd like to know what kind of contribution to global warming this is making. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas we could just... I know we couldn't anymore. I was going to say we could put them in the Siberian permafrost, but uh, we can't because that's all gone now. (laughs) 
But so it, it was interesting. So he 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 left hundred thousand dollars to Cryonics Research in his will, but his family had to sort yeah. of defend this in court, and they ended up spending more than that defending his will because other relatives were all like, "I wanted some of that." Yes. <laughs> Unfreeze, melt him now, and give me money. For heaven's sake, everyone, just chill. Oh wait, it says it's unlikely that his brain was protected. Uh, he says, "I mean, yeah." During all the moves, when he was unplugged yeah. for that time. It's a it's a fun way of sort of being in denial that you're dying, I guess. It's a fun way to kind of go, well, yeah, see, because see you in a bit. I went away for 10 days over Christmas, and when we came back, clearly there had at some point been a brief power cut because the butter had melted <laughs> and re-refrigerated. So if, if you're saying that for the last yeah. 54 years, yeah. that's never happened in any building James Bedford was in. Yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah, we went we went away uh, over Christmas as well. And when we got back, uh, Granddad's brain was all over the garage floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of the permafrost, as we weren't apparently the fact that there are so many mammoths coming out of the permafrost at the moment because it's mm. thawing um, that we can stop killing elephants because there's so much ivory. Ivory will become worthless. Seriously, because mammoth ivory. Yeah, there's loads of mammoth. There are lots of people collecting, honestly, hundreds of tusks a day, which is far more than... I think there's something like there... It's assumed that there are hundreds of thousands of mammoths in the permafrost, um, as opposed to the living populations of elephants, which are much, much smaller than that. So it will become our major source of ivory, and people can stop killing elephants. This is brilliant. Does that mean I can have, like, ivory everything? Like, ivory forks, ivory yeah, you, hats? you can have a proper piano. yes. In your very hot world. Brilliant. That's really great news. I have to say, I think yeah. I feel like you've won today's <laughs> show just with that one fact. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's up to you to decide which of us has won. Yes. Uh, why don't you get online? Uh, it's uh, date at date underscore fight on the Twitter. Or uh, Facebook forward slash date fight, I think. I'll check on that. It's almost certainly that. They've put it into Facebook with I'm sure it's that. Uh, and you can vote on today's. Uh, there'll be fresh polls each day, yep. uh, which is our little way of trying to incentivise you to listen every day, because we're here every day. Yep. And polls will definitively close for the week on Saturday lunchtime, yep. and we will announce the winner this time next week on Sunday. You'll have to listen at the weekend. Ha. And may the best man, by which I mean <laughs> Nat, <laughs> win. Hooray! Let's hope so. Okay, see you tomorrow. I don't trust the public. <laughs> okay, see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>